Welcome back to the Six Pennies Podcast. Today we have a treat for you. It's just me and Timmy. Finally, Mock is off the podcast. How do you feel about that, Timmy? I think the real treat is that you are on the podcast. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I missed one, but it was baseball, so I, I didn't actually listen to all of it anyway. Um, but I think today is going to be great because we're going to talk about stuff that everybody cares about and relates about, right? Yeah, there's two huge milestones coming up, or really one passed for you and one is coming up for me. Um, it was a long weekend of like wedding planning and things like that, but I'll get into that later. I want to start with you, Timmy. Uh, you recently, you, Sharon, and Zachary, new baby Zachary, just hit the 100-day mark. How do you guys feel? What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, last week, he had his 100-day, I don't know, birthday celebration or whatever. We didn't really do that much. I think in like Korean culture, it's kind of a big deal, but um, that that's more based on like, you know, in the past, it was a big deal if, if babies could live to 100 <laughs> days. Um, I knew it was a big deal from you because you're never on social media. So when you posted on Instagram, I was like, dang, this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. We all survived. I, I don't know if it's more surprising that, you know, parents survived or that the baby survived, but things have been going pretty well. I think a lot of people have been asking me and I've, um, you know, told some people here and there, but he, uh, little Zachary is doing, doing really good. That's awesome. So 100 days up, 100 days down. What was the hardest or most difficult thing you guys had to go through? Uh, actually, you had to go through. I'll ask Sharon separately in another podcast. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get her on another <laughs> podcast. But I, I mean, I, I think we did this, um, what, like maybe a month or six weeks in. And it, it was pretty tough at that point. Um, the, the first month for us was definitely the hardest part just from getting adjusted, learning about how to take care of him to uh, breastfeeding and just handling the baby. It was, it was pretty tough. But since then, I think pretty much since one month, maybe after about six weeks or so, it's been kind of cruising along, getting better and better. We got a pretty chill little baby. Yeah, here he's already sleeping through the night, right? Yeah, um, so Sharon started some work, uh, like some part-time work, about a little less than a month ago. Uh, right after July 4th, and he basically started sleeping right right then, like right before she started, a few days before. Um, he started sleeping like six to eight hours wow. um, through the night, and then it's become more like eight to ten hours now. Wow. Uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, he'll sometimes he'll wake up like initially in the first, I don't know, hour, hour and a half, but he always goes back to sleep, and um, yeah, very rarely is he waking up middle of the night a few times it's happened he'll wake up at like three or four and we're like man what's wrong with you oh we don't, we don't say that but we're just like upset even though i guess it's we're quick to forget like you know how tough it was the first month when he's waking up every couple hours i can't wait for how and holly to listen to this podcast because they're gonna instantly hate you guys oh do their babies not sleep they still don't sleep yeah oh yeah, we're lucky. Everybody we talk to who have kids, they're always just like, oh, yeah, that's incredible. Like, that's such a big difference. It, it really is. I think part of it is that, um, you know, this past month or so since she's been working, um, Sharon's parents have been uh, coming to, to help us out during the week, at least part of the week. Um, and when they're here, they, the baby doesn't really sleep much during the day, I think because they don't know how to put him to sleep. Uh, and so, like, 
maybe he's just really tired because when he's with them, he's just up all day long. And they're like, I'll get home, and her parents will just like hand me the baby and like go into the room and close the door because <laughs> they're just like so tired from taking care of him for like six to eight hours. So they both just pass out. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, Sharon's mom has been doing you know a lot more probably of the work. Um, so yeah, she probably takes a nap. Her her dad sometimes just like goes out and does his own thing. I don't know if he goes to the gym or just drives around or I don't know, takes a long walk. Who knows? Yeah. So we'll get into Zachary a little more. But before that, like I said, it's been 100 days, 100 plus days now. Has it really, really legitimately, genuinely hit you? Is the new norm now reality? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I was talking about this with Sharon and just... Even though, uh, you know, it's a little more than three months, it's it's not that much time, but it feels like it's kind of hard to imagine a time when it was just the two of us. Um, so, yeah, I, we're, we're getting pretty used to having a baby with us. we got to go somewhere, not really having much time to ourselves, you know, having to s- stay home and put him to sleep early. And uh, it's, yeah, feels pretty real. Do you still take him to In-N-Out and stuff? Uh, we've never taken him to In-N-Out except for the day that he we took him home from the hospital and he sat in the car, sat in the car screaming while I uh, while I went in and grabbed some burgers for us. That's awesome. So after <laughs> after three and a half months now, what's what's the most memorable thing to date? I think it's uh, I think it's all the changes the baby goes through, um, just week by week, month by month. Um, lately, I think he's. He's really just developing more into like a, you know, like a little person. He like grabs things more, um, or at least grabs them more, clutches them tightly. Like he'll just grab any anything you put in front of him, your hand, your shirt, um, a bib or whatever. He's like, you know, makes more sounds. Like he's he squeals and stuff. He he smiles more, and he's starting to not like sit up fully on his own, but his neck is is definitely getting stronger to where he his you know head wouldn't just flop down if we held him upright for a little bit um that's you know the first couple months you just have to hold them horizontally pretty much the entire time because they can't support their necks at all yeah biggest changes you would say is he's just a lot more interactive now grabbing and squealing yeah yeah he's starting to like recognize this a little more too like you can tell that you can tell that he like you know will follow your face or follow you if you're walking around across the room um so i mean his eyesight's like improving because it wasn't you couldn't see that far before and I think it's pretty clear like he he can recognize me and Sharon and stuff so it's pretty cool soon he's just gonna be super into fans right I feel like all babies fans yeah like ceiling fans all baby at a certain age we don't do ceiling fans in Los Angeles okay man sorry (laughs) (laughs) must be really Uh, um I guess the air is really dry there you don't need to well, it's just, mo- I mean, in certain areas you would. Um, no- normally it's, you know, it's, it's n- a lot of places have no air conditioning just because, you know, it's nice out. You can just open a window. It's been really hot lately, um, you know, 80s, 90, uh, but we have air conditioning in our place. Yeah, you caught me off guard with that comment, so I didn't know what to, what to say I, there. I, I don't know what to say either. I assume <laughs> that he'll like fans because he likes things moving around, you know, in front of him. Maybe we should just, like, install a fan so that we have something to distract him. <laughs> Unless you get those cool touchless fans and he has nothing to look like, look at. What do you mean? Those Dyson, touchless? Those Dyson fans? Oh, oh, the things with no... No, um, no blades? No blades, yeah. Um, <laughs> We're I, talking I about fans for like three minutes now. Let's, let's move on. 
I love Dyson, <laughs> Dyson stuff. Maybe I should. I thought about getting that fan. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely gets distracted by stuff, and um, his attention is. It's pretty interesting how he's developing. Okay. Um, so, most memorable thing is just all the changes he's going through, which which is natural. He's three months old. I'm sure every every day is like something new for him. So I can't imagine what they're thinking in their heads. From, from yeah, I really wonder that too. What is he thinking? Yeah. What is he? I don't know if he's dreaming yet, but you know he moves around sometimes when he's dreaming or sleeping. I wonder if he's what he's thinking about in there. He's probably thinking about just being in back in Sharon's tummy, right? <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. So, what's from from you and Sharon's perspective? What's the biggest surprise so far? A ton of surprises, but I think it's just all the stuff that you don't you don't realize. You know, while you're preparing, while you're reading books, if you do, um, learning from other people, they, they just don't tell you a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I, I mentioned all the, the breastfeeding, nursing, It's that's pretty difficult. Um, nobody really says too much about that in depth. Um, but just things like, uh, like I mentioned, like he, it's hard for him to sleep sometimes because he like, um, he has to be swaddled while he's sleeping because uh, he imagines himself in the womb. So yeah. if he, you know, can move his arms around or something, he jolts awake. I didn't really know that. Um, there's all these things like he, his nose, like he has to, he has to breathe through his nose. They don't really learn how to breathe through their mouths for a little bit. Um, so he, you know, if he has like a booger stuck in there or something, he just can't breathe. So we found that out a while back that he would, you know, he'd be crying, he'd be screaming. And we're like, oh, maybe it's this little booger, and we would get it out, and then he'd be fine. So do you use that thing to suck out all his boogers yeah. from his nose? Yeah, nose Frida. It's Dang. incredible. It's like a little suction thing, and it costs $20. Incredible, incredible product. Probably costs less than a dollar to make. Yeah, the returns uh, are ridiculous. Yeah, it's from some people in Finland or Sweden or something. Geniuses. Um, and then, yeah, this, you know, his, his head, um, you know, they, they teach you to only put a baby flat on its back to sleep. Uh, just for safety issues so they don't, like, turn and suffocate themselves. But mm-hmm. if you do that, then their head kind of gets flat as it continues to lay on the back of his head. Yeah. So you kind of have to, like, turn the head, um, try to make sure it gets, you know, an even distribution. And his, his head's kind of flat right now. We start using this little, like, cushiony pillow. I don't think you're really supposed to, but we don't really have a choice because his head's getting super flat. So I, I don't know. I mean, apparently in the past, like, they taught everybody to put the babies on their stomachs to sleep. And then maybe their sides, and just kind of goes around and around in a circle from like pediatrics uh, people. And so right now it's supposed to be the back, but his head's pretty flat. Dude, make sure his head is not flat. What are you doing? We're trying. We're trying, man. Um, hopefully he never. Hopefully it becomes normal, and he'll never listen <laughs> Ho- to this podcast. Yeah, hopefully. So wait, <laughs> what? What are the right ages or months or whatever is tummy time? Uh, apparently, I mean, that's that's pretty much from the start or, you know, first couple weeks. So he's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, every day we just turn him on his tiny tummy several times a day and just let him move around a little bit. At first, his, you know, they can't lift their heads at all. And now he, he holds his head up almost, you know, for, for a while until he gets tired. And then we just turn him back around. Yeah. He likes it. Okay, so you mentioned the neck muscles and all that. So what do you guys foresee or anticipate as the next big milestone? I don't know. Maybe it's like sitting upright on his own a little bit more. Um, I I think that's still a couple months away. I'm sure there's all sorts of little things coming before that. Everybody says that once they start moving, um, get mobile on their own, it's kind of over. So I'm really looking forward to the time when he can sit up on his own, 
so we don't have to like always hold him. Uh, but then where he can't move on his own either. I don't know how long that period is. Maybe just a couple months. But that's uh, that should be fun. I'm I'm really sad I haven't met him yet. I think I'm just gonna coordinate something with work and fly to LA for a day. Oh, nice. Yeah, you can definitely do that. I mean, you've already earned probably enough mileage where you could do that on your own too. Yeah, I, I made a class in like two weeks. <laughs> Not two weeks. Three How long weeks? have you been at your new job? Well, I only I only book business class, so it like goes up wow. really fast. <laughs> you book business class every time. Every time, every wow, time. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> Are you gonna use all those points towards like your honeymoon or something? Well, honeymoon we use for uh, we use the Chase Reserve points, and we're oh, so you already have it set. Yeah, we already booked Japan, but I do want to get the Southwest Companion Pass. Oh man, How, what does it take to do that? Um, a hundred and ten thousand points. So I'm almost, I'm almost like a in, third, in one third year. Or what? Yeah, one calendar year. And what are you at now? I'm at like thirty after literally three weeks. Uh, well, I don't know if you'll get it this year. So are you going to be traveling much? I mean, our our next topic is really all about you and your wedding coming up in what less than a month. Yeah. So are you going to be traveling this month? Um, so I am traveling this week. I'm actually leaving later today and uh, I'm heading to Chicago. Uh, I'm not supposed to be traveling so much if you are wondering or you and Mock are wondering. I'm listening to all of y'all's podcasts and you guys are cutting me down. I'm not appreciating that, by the way. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I think, I think it's because the nature of the projects I'm on. I have two clients that are super needy. And then two big milestones for each of those clients are at the end of August, which is kind of crazy for me because I have wow. these milestones at work. And then literally the beginning of September is our, our wedding. And wow. um, it's, you know, the final stretch in terms of wedding planning and things like that. Um, but the cool thing is Na and I, we were able to go to a wedding last weekend at the same venue where we're going to have ours. So we kind of... Took a lot of notes and we kind of made a lot of, you know, like mental pictures and things we wanted, things we don't want. So we're excited about that. Man, so wedding planning was one of the toughest things that Sharon and I faced in our relationship. Yeah. Um, I mean, all sorts of other things too, but wedding planning is really tough. There's so many arguments or disagreements. Um, a lot of it for us was really just based on our guest list because we chose a venue that had a very limited space. So we tried to, you know, split things up evenly, and it was just pretty tough. Man, well, I'm glad I guys, made the cut. Yeah, I mean, you're a groomsman. <laughs> <laughs> you, had to, you had to make the cut. Um, so what's been the hardest part about planning for you guys? What's, like, the biggest argument you've had? It's funny you mentioned that because every time I bring this up to married couples, I would, al- I would always ask, hey, was wedding planning the most you guys ever fought? And 9 out of 10 couples would say yes. And so... I would make sure that I would ask that question with Na next to me so that she understands <laughs> that even though we're fighting, it's okay, you know? Um, a lot of the fighting really is the budgeting. I think I'm just... Um, I wouldn't say really that I'm more conscious about the budget because she is better with money than I am, like without a doubt. But I think some things that are priority for me are not priority for her and vice versa. And that's really the things we, we really thought about. But honestly, okay. a lot of the fights happened early on, and we've been awesome ever since. 
we'll get more specific about some of those things in a minute. But who's who's doing what in terms of planning? Like, have you do you split up responsibilities? Do you handle? I mean, does one person handle um, the the bills, or does someone does one person handle the guest list, or how is it all being split? Yeah, so we have a wedding Google Doc or Google Sheet, if you will, and in that wedding master sheet, we have over 20 tabs and i would say that i am the owner of at least 75 percent of those tabs so i'm i'm just very organized by nature type yeah type is, a is that your choice yeah like i i enjoy it but honestly okay. what i do is i i organize things and then i give her the options and she just like chooses because i'm a lot more yeah. laid back for that kind of stuff um for for example yeah. like Guest list is a, is a big one, or the number, or how big the bridal party is. So, you know, I have eight groomsmen, which is a ton, I understand. And consequently, she has eight bridesmaids. She initially only wanted like three or four. So somehow I got her to stretch to eight, which is pretty awesome if I say so myself. Oh, I, I always thought it was... Oh, no, wait, yeah, the... That is what I thought, because you told me initially, I think when you got engaged, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm probably just going to have like three, maybe two or three groomsmen. So I thought you're definitely going to be, you know, stuck with that. So if you stretch it to eight, that means that you probably like started with like 15, huh, and negotiated out. <laughs> it's awesome. I wonder who missed the cut. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, right? Uh, Nobody missed the cut. Okay. Um, yeah, I think when we were planning our wedding too, I mean, it's like four years ago, but it was the same kind of thing. Like I, I did a lot of the, the plan, like getting everything ready, figuring out what the ideas and options were, and then would take it to Sharon, and we would kind of figure it out together. And by figure it out together, I mean she would she would pick. Um, okay, so what is like you, you talked about some of the money stuff and um, the budgeting, what what you prioritize versus she does. Give me a couple examples of something you prioritize that uh, versus what she prioritizes. So my priority is centered around my guests. Alcohol? Yeah, my guests and friends having fun. <laughs> so basically, I want good music and good alcohol. And for the most part, she agrees. So what we're doing is we're providing the alcohol, which is a great you know, cost-saving thing. And we kind of mentioned that in a previous podcast. Um, not only doing like an open bar concept, but we're also providing every single table a you know bottle of either... Remy or Hennessy or something like that. That's it's a Vietnamese tradition kind of thing, but that adds up, especially when you have thirty plus tables. And um, she was looking at alcohol that were, I'd say, twice the amount of money that I wanted, and so we kind of argued about that recently. But we compromised. So what is what's the spread? Like, what are the what are the brands you're gonna have? So seventeen thirty eight is like fifty five sixty dollars a bottle, but I okay. feel like most of the people are not gonna differentiate seventeen thirty eight versus like Remy VSOP, and that's only like thirty a bottle. So the fact that it's half off, I'm already thinking in my head like thirty times thirty five, you know, it's over a thousand dollars of savings. We can put that thousand into the honeymoon, which would be amazing. So my priority is really like guests having fun, and then our honeymoon. Yeah, I don't think anybody cares about seventeen thirty eight. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself there. But um, what about the what about other brands like uh, um, for your you know open bar? 
So open bar, we're doing Crown. Most most of the drinks will be Crown and Coke. So we have, I think, 15 or 20 bottles of Crown with Coke, um, who she is a new employee of. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shout out. Yeah, shout out. So, yeah, her work actually gives her, like, a huge discount on Coke. So we're buying all these. What? Yeah, we're buying all these Coke products for the wedding. What's the discount? I don't get that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the discount is. Oh, man. (laughs) I find out about that. She works for a different bottling company. That's why it's different benefits. Okay, so Crown & Co. I mean, people drink other stuff, though. Yeah, so then there'll be, um, obviously, vodka. So Tito's um makers okay. we'll have okay. we'll have all these different types of beers we're probably just going to get from costco we have wine we have champagne that we already bought so that how much alcohol, is the, how much is a bottle of wine that you're going to get average oh, going to be it wasn't much it was like five or eight dollars a bottle Ooh, big difference between five and eight let's just go with five to make me happy. wow five, five is five is uh it's not really what you want to drink much of. <laughs> eight, eight is like kind of reasonable. I think I think for ours we we try to do the eight to ten because we're like, man, these Jeez, five or six bottles are not going to be good. Yeah, I mean we had a much smaller. We only had a hundred, a little over hundred people, so we didn't need to get that much. Oh, Even those eights, though. Um, originally, like, we were like, hey, let's get the two dollar bottles from Trader Joe's. <laughs> no, no two buck chucks. Yeah, but those are so bad. Do you know how how that's made? I don't want to know. I think I heard about it, but I kind of just erased it from my memory. Okay, maybe that's a later podcast. Yeah. Um, this really is what people care about, though. We're talk- we've talked about alcohol for, I don't know, about four or five minutes so far. Yeah, a lot. Uh, another thing we kind of <laughs> argued about is the rituals, if you will, or like the ceremonies yeah. of, the, of the actual wedding day. So okay. we're, it's going to be a full day event. We're going to have a tea ceremony in the morning, like a traditional Vietnamese tea ceremony where the guy's family goes over to the girl's family and basically the whole ceremony is about the male the groom's family providing all these gifts in exchange for the ownership of the bride's family or the bride yeah so we're doing that and then we're having a church ceremony which um there was a little argument about there just because it's going to be a little longer it might be like 30 to 45 minutes and I know, whoa, whoa, whoa. yeah, I know, I know people there, tend to only want it to be like a five minute ceremony, but it's, nah, it's impossible I, in a Catholic wedding. So we're, it's oh, not, it's Catholic yeah, wedding. yeah, so it's not, it's not a full Catholic ceremony. They call it half Catholic. So because Na isn't Catholic, we're doing a lot of the same things, but we're also leaving a lot of the, the rituals out for that. So it'll be 30 minutes, hopefully. Okay. Cause that, I mean... I think a lot of weddings are around 30 minutes, maybe 20 if you're lucky, um, but 45 is starting to get <laughs> real long, especially for people who have to stand up there, like your eight groomsmen. They'll be fine. They'll be looking uh, good. I think I'm right. more worried about like the lack of time in between the church ceremony and the reception. So Oh, the, that's tricky. The bridal party is actually going to have about an hour to an hour and a half to ride around in this limo to, you know, drink, listen to music, and also take pictures with our photographer. So we're going to, like, a park area to take pictures, and then the limo would take us to the reception hall. Um, Once the reception starts, one of the, I guess, argument points was also rituals there. Like, are we going to have 
you know, best man speeches? Are we going to have toasts? Are we going to have father-daughter yeah. dances, mother-son dances, things like that? And honestly, we're cutting out the majority of these events, which... Nice. Yeah, where we both just want people to have fun. We both want to get to it and get to the dancing as, as quick as we can, to be honest. We'll still have, you know, the cake cutting, the send-off, things like that. But it's going to be a lot less um, of the, you know, the standard things you'll see. With that being said, though, you'll, you as a groomsman, you're still going to have to follow the entire bridal party around and greet every single table with us. Yeah, he told me about that the other day, and I was I was quite shocked. Um, I, I I've never heard of this. I am not supportive of this. <laughs> Is uh, this your first Vietnamese we wedding the, that I've been in? I mean, I went to Kimley's wedding. That wasn't really a Vietnamese wedding, though. No, that wasn't. We had soul food. I went to Lamb and Tina's, but that was different as well. So, I, yeah, I I don't know. I guess it's my first one, and I'm I'm pretty confused by <laughs> by that. But yeah, my, my wedding too, we uh, we cut out a ton of that stuff. I mean, we didn't even do a send-off or cake cutting. We, we had some speeches. We had a couple games to watch to have people play, which were kind of fun. And then uh, we just started drinking. So going back, that's what I'm, That's one thing I'm worried about. With 45, 30 to 45 minutes standing up there, are you going to prevent your groomsmen from having a, a drink or two beforehand? Because you should. No, so I fully will be drinking... <laughs> before the ceremony maybe one shot maybe one drink before the ceremony but right what? after the ceremony in the limo we're gonna have it fully stocked with alcohol i mean I, I get that it's just i don't know about everybody else's bladder issues but you know you have a couple maybe three drinks that's where you start to run into a possibility of an issue for a 45 minute standing period they either gotta hold it or just let it go right there <laughs> wow that's gonna be a great wedding okay <laughs> Let's let's finish up. What is your current stress level from 1 to 10? Uh, what is yours and what's Nas? When I'm watching a LeBron James game, is a 10. Wedding planning, I'm at a 2. Why are you stressed when you're watching a LeBron game? I am super stressed. Like I, Especially when they're playing the hated Warriors. I can't even sit. I'm just like yelling at everybody. Like, why are you not doing this? Why are you standing there? And obviously they can't hear me from the TV screen. And so wedding planning year two, what's, what's, what's your fiancé at? I think she's above average, so I would say above five. But oh. because we've done so many things early on, I don't think she's that much higher than that. So I'm going to give her a 5.7. How do you think those are going to change in the next three weeks? Mine's going to get really close to zero. And really? Yes, for sure. Cause I'm gonna get to hurts. the point. I'm gonna get to the point where I just want it to get it over with. Like, just let's just do the wedding. Let's just elope. <laughs> and yeah, then, but if hers goes up, yours would probably go up yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So that can't go down. Yeah, that's that's a good point. So if hers goes up, her stress level would then only compound it when she's talking to me and and you know talking to me. So yikes! All right. Well, do you miss it? Do you miss it at all? Wedding planning. <laughs> not even a little bit get it over with elope like we we brought that up or sharon brought that up multiple times because of the stress probably should have just done it but uh, we just didn't want to disappoint our parents forever and so we wanted to have fun with with friends so um yeah it's something you got to do it's it's the 
it's the one day in your life where all of your family, all of your friends, or most of them are all going to be in the same place at the same time, which is crazy. So just uh, the one piece of advice I would give is try to take as much time as you can with, with your new wife to sit and um, take it all in. Uh, I think we did that kind of while we we had a chance to like eat a little bit, um, or we had a couple chances. So one was between the ceremony and the reception, and two is when we got to eat. Uh, and so we just sat there and just took it all in. So enjoy that. I have a question for you before we uh, end the podcast. So I was talking the, to the guy who got married this past weekend. He was telling me how uh, this was the next day after. So he was telling me how there was actually a little bit of sadness that he felt after everything was over because you've spent like all this time and effort planning this one day and everything you know works out okay but the next morning you wake up and you're like man there's nothing else to do and he got kind of sad about it did you go through the same experience no i don't think so i think more of the sadness was during the process realizing how much money you're spending and everything and the day you know there's gonna be ups and downs there's there's gonna be problems but It'll all work out, and then afterwards, you know, you're married, and uh, you can enjoy life. And then you'll have your honeymoon. Is it right afterwards? It's a month after, and we're going okay. to we're going to Japan, so we're both super excited about nice. that. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. that's that's good. Give yourself a little bit of time because uh, I don't know how people possibly go on a honeymoon immediately after they they get married because you're already planning so much. Then I don't know what how you could plan anything for your trip. I mean, we need that one month to cash in those checks, right? You need the one month to uh, get some more mileage True, um, so yeah. that you can have the money to spend or so you can upgrade or do something using those those points on your trip. Okay, so speaking of money, today is the last day of our huge Six Pennies podcast giveaway. I don't know if you got your friends to join in, Timmy, but I got like all my friends, my mom and dad, my parents, they're all in this giveaway because we're giving away $100 for an Amazon gift card. Um, the official rules are on our Facebook page. So it's facebook.com backslash six pennies podcast. But it's pretty simple to join. You have to like our page. And then depending on what you do, uh, it'll give you um, more raffle tickets or more chances to win that $100. So good luck, everyone. It's, it's ending, I believe, later today. So uh, get on Facebook and, and comment away.